Thank you so much for taking the time. I really enjoyed the film. I had a chance to watch it. Congratulations yeah. again. Thank um, you. Just starting off, I mean, it's it's been an incredible journey for you. Just the sequence of events has been from, you know, releasing your book to kind of stumbling a, a across this opportunity with Brett Morgan and Norman Golightly yeah. and, and Nick Cage. Looking back on the, the past few years for you, if you knew that it was going to be this much work, what would you have told yourself? Yeah, it's all kind of unbelievable, you know, to be honest, and sort of miraculous, you know. But, uh, I mean... Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a person definitely driven by creative pursuits, you know, and obviously as a guitarist, you know, I never stop. I'm always practicing in the next record or whatever. And these things have been an incredible bonus. You know, I did write the book, you know, which came out in 2006. And, you know, that was a you know, really fair project. And I really enjoyed it and yeah. went through that whole process. I thought that was it. Uh, having made it into a movie is, was beyond my wildest dreams. Um but the reason it came about, you know, because I saw Brett Morgan's film, the, the Kid Stays in the Picture, right. and saw the way that had been put together with uh, animated still photographs and the voiceover of Robert Evans, and I thought, Jesus, I, you know, I've got the same stuff. I've got, I've got the rock and roll version of that with all the you know, <laughs> yeah, photography, yeah. and I wrote the book. Anyway, just the miracle was that um, I met somebody who was good friends with him, gave me his information, and I got in touch with him and said, look, I've got all this interesting he was very responsive mm -hmm. immediately got back to me and one thing led to another and I met Norman Golightly with Nicholas Cage and uh, got the two of them together uh, and off we went you yeah. know and the project was sold almost instantly but shocking actually because people spend half their lives trying to get a movie made and this one was you know very quick I mean it's taken a while quite you know it went yeah. through Ups and downs, ups and downs, stopped, started several times uh, in the interim period. But, you know, it's it's so nice now finally to have this sort of tangible experience of getting out in the U.S. and doing all the media. This is kind of how I imagined it. But, yeah. So it's all like a bit of a dream, actually. Well, I mean, for you, I mean, being a musician and spending a lot of your life playing that role, what, what was your take on just, you know, music docs? Do you have favorite music docs that really stood out to you as kind of good examples of maybe what you wanted to achieve oh, with yeah, this film? Oh, yeah, music doc. Well, I mean, there have been a few over the years. I'm just trying to think of one that is really outstanding. Um, you know, I'm not someone who'd be, oh, I've got to see every rock and roll documentary that's ever been made. I mean, I've seen a few. I mean, you know, one weird reason, you know, just trying to think off the top of my head, I'm probably not remembering it. The various ones I've seen. I like the one that was done on the Who called Amazing Journey. Oh, yeah, it, sure. It, yeah. That was pretty cool. And I saw one about Rush, actually, that I thought was really sweet, <laughs> called Beyond the Lights or something. Yeah. That was fun. Um, I've just seen other ones as well. What, what were some of the surprises for you just going through the pro? Even if you can remember back, maybe when you were thinking about the pre production of, you know, working with your director, Andy Gre uh, Gre yeah. Is it Gravier? Yeah. Yeah, Andy Grieve. Grieve, yeah. What, what, well, you know, yeah. there's a learning curve, you know, because um, we start off with another director and then it, it went to Andy Grieve. But, uh, well, you know, I, it was not, I mean, the only script was the book. There was no screenplay right. that was developed out of it. It was just a certain character sort of improvising. Where it really got into the becoming really a movie was when Andy Grieve, who's an absolutely brilliant editor, took over. Yeah. Um, it, so it was an interesting experience for me 
let's say, as an artist, because I didn't have complete creative control over the movie-making part of it. I obviously wrote the book and had a lot of input, but mm-hmm. it was down to finding a lot of archival film, putting it together, the voiceover, where I had to really learn about the voiceover. I couldn't just read the page out of the book. Yeah, um, It doesn't translate into film. I had to sort of look at what I'd written and then sort of rephrase it in a more conversational style to make it work on screen. Um, that was, you know, a learning curve. <laughs> not, not, not horrible, but, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I had to sort of let go of my sort of, like, prose sides. You know, actually, tried so, to write really elegantly, and then yeah, like, it's going to be more conversational, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, something that actually it reminded me of was like something like from Hunter S. Thompson, like fear and loathing type of mood of this. Like, there's this, the, yeah. the, there's this great narration going on of, of these of these passages that you have, and then there's great contrast also that you and Andy were able to achieve of just kind of showing some of these bookends and, and piecing it together was, you know, you're trying to. I imagine for you, it must have just trying to encapsulate all these stories into a film must have been a little bit overwhelming. It's difficult, and you know, you, you have to let go of so much, so many cherished things. I mean, this film could be ten hours long if we put everything in it. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's so much out, take boxes and boxes of stuff. You can't get it all in. Um, this is where, you know, somebody pointed out to me today that Andy Grieve, uh, the director and editor. Had said at some point that he didn't know much about the police and wasn't really a fan of anything. Right. <laughs> Which is, you know, kind of great. He said because, uh, what's I going to say? You know, I was able to be much more objective as an mm-hmm. editor of that being like completely lost in fandom and, and thinking into, oh, we've got to have this in it, you know, because I'm a fan. He, he was outside of that as an editor. So actually, that was a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. What, what was your just take on, you know, pulling together TV interviews and these candid moments? Where was all this footage from? Was this something that you had archived yourself or was it part of no, the police camp? No, I, I mean, yeah, I did have bits and pieces that, you know, somehow I, you know, other people had given to me or I collected over the years. I mean, I think I had that. There's one right as the credits were in the end of the Japanese uh, yeah. interview <laughs> on Japanese television. I had that one. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That one's hilarious. You know, there yeah. were there were things, and I sort of remember a few. And then they had a very brilliant girl archivist at the beginning, like mm-hmm. uh, finding all this stuff. Okay. I mean, I mean, you know how it is these days. It's almost like put my name up and see what you can archive, and you're going to get a million things. You but, know, you know something that really was astonishing, and you know, I was just watching it back here at my home, but the audio mixes from the live recordings sounded amazing. So, what was what was some of the work in archiving that you did? For those live shows, did you have any flexibility with multi-tracks or anything? Um, yes, I think everything was recorded multi-track. Okay. Yeah, you know, because we had a special film crew to film out. Nothing to do with the police of the band, but you know, the film crew for yeah. this film that filmed it. So it was mm. all yeah, properly recorded. I mean, they must have been plugged into the board or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they sound pretty good. Yeah. I mean, just even a lot of the archival footage, and you know. It, it's pretty amazing how all of it comes to life with a little, some cleanup here and there, and you know I think. Yeah. Did you have much? You know, and I did a lot of, uh, you know, all this sort of incidental music in the film. I mean, yeah. If I'd had my brothers, I would have had the finished film and then rescored the whole thing. But, okay. Uh, we we switched directors, and I did all kinds of movie music. It's uh, you know not incidental. That's a terrible word, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of score music. Sure. Um, what was pleasing was Andy Grieve came in and uh, edited the whole thing, 
and you know, I had all these tracks that I'd done, and he just picked what he liked, and I thought he made some really good choices. Mm. I, I was watched the film last night, and there's one where I'm playing this almost sort of slow, weird, slightly psychedelic country picking yeah. thing, and he uses it all the way through a couple of scenes, and it's 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 unlikely, yeah. but it just really plays so well against the scene. So I, I actually liked his choices. Yeah, what what was your involvement then for the post production with like working with your re-recording mixer, Tom Paul? Were, were you involved with that part? I can't remember what I was involved. I went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to New York. Yeah, okay. that's right. I went to New York and we did the five point one, and I got into the whole thing with him. We even played. There was one scene where we went. God, I like this bit of music. I, have you, you know, have you got an acoustic guitar anywhere? And I think it's the part where I'm like lonely and lost in L.A. and I. Mm -hmm. Played the guitar right there, right at the five point once around mix, mm -hmm. and they went, oh, "That's better, that's better, let's keep it." <laughs> Luckily, they had a guitar there, so I just picked it up and did some stuff. Uh, it's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think the, I mean, being, you know, having the history of not only capturing music w with your music career, but also being an avid photographer. You know, all, all pictures and music and films, these things, you know, are forever. They, they really outlive us. So what for you was, what was important for you as, um, you know, to, uh, for telling this story to your, uh, the police fans? So, like, what, what was the story that you really wanted to get across? Um, okay, well, there's a couple of answers to that. I mean, obviously in the book, I think, you know, I'm telling my life as a musician with all the, the ups and downs and trying to get there and everything, but the, the central fact being that whatever happens, I was always coming back to the guitar, and so there all these ups and downs that, you know, I would always remain a guitarist, and, you know, no matter what else was going on, I'd still be practicing. Yeah. And the, it's the love of music and absolutely believe, the belief in that that got me all the way there in the end. Mm -hmm. So that was really a central message to me. Now, I don't know if that comes across in the film as well as I, ex, you know, explained it in the book. But, yeah, yeah, um, sure. It's really what I sort of wanted to get across in the film. Uh, I think one of the things that really left me at the end that, that kind of, which I wasn't aware of, which was a lot of just the kind of the stuff that you know is not on stage. All, all the. <laughs> just the the personalities and and the dynamics of being a band. I, I've I feel I've been very fortunate. I've been around bands and I I understand the energy. Were there surprises of, of when you're going through footage that you're like ah maybe or when you're thinking about putting footage in like oh maybe I shouldn't include that. Like I don't want to stir up. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm sure you were. That, you know, there's some albums that are a bit almost too dark. I mean, I think you know, like when you see this film, it, it's pretty raw. I mean, yeah. there's some sort of slightly painful backstage scenes. You can sort of feel it, you know, that's right. not just, it's tense, you know, and it's the difficulty of like putting together. It, it's hard for me to, to watch it, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, there's a balance in the film where you see, certainly in the early days, that there's a real genuine camaraderie there and there's three guys together that are pretty much on the same plane and uh, you know it does seem like a group and, and I, I sort of cherish those moments in, in the earlier days yeah it's pretty remarkable just to see the the evolution the story that you you put together for you like w what are your hopes and plans for the release of this film because um, I guess it's opening in New York here in, in March to just release and then Los Angeles is coming in early yeah. April well you know I guess you know very blandly as I, I just I hope it is a success I mean yeah. we'll see if it goes even farther than that you know I mean I Talk someone from the academy last night. It was raving about it. Yeah, 
see my academy. We've got to really do something. To... <laughs> so you know, life is unexpected. I, I, I'm not sure where to go. I mean, here we are. We've actually got a movie out. The thing I like about this US release by Cinema Libre is it's, I'm actually finally doing interviews on it, talking about it. It's a sort of tangible excitement that you know yeah. it was released in Italy last summer. Mm-hmm. Came out on a DVD in Holland. It was released in Japan, but I haven't had much to do with it. Yeah. Um, I feel like now that I've got this company, Cinema Libre, in the US, and they've taken over it or selling it around the world. We're going to go to Cannes with it next month uh, in May, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to. It's, it's starting to really have a life now. You know, people are finding out about it. So um, I think it's going to take up quite a lot of time for me in the next year or so. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's coming out on DVD. It's going to go on HBO. It's on the airplanes. Um, yeah, we, we have a way to go with it. Yeah, but it's it's it's, it's, it's incredible that you know. I, I guess you know you can get familiar with like releasing an album or even music, not not necessarily in today's world, but in the heyday when yeah. people would go out and buy movies or, or, or buy music. But I feel like these documentaries, music documentaries specifically, are so exciting to see in theaters because the experience is so different. I can imagine seeing it on the big screen for you the first. Yeah, a few times was well. You know, last night I we, went, we had a big opening, and it was the first time I'd really seen it on a big screen. Yeah, but I always see it on these little screens. We're getting ready. This is just going now. We're colorizing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And finally, last night I actually sat there. Thought, oh my god, can I stand and watch this again? So I sat <laughs> with my wife and kids and watched it on the big screen. It was fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. lastly, here, what are some of your plans throughout the year besides promoting this film and, and helping get the word out? Do you have other projects, either in music? Or yeah. In well, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just finished a film school that's going to be in Istanbul, Turkish film, yeah. actually, called And the Circus Leaves Town. That's going to be in Istanbul Film Festival uh, next month. Yeah. Uh, this film, Can't Stand Losing You, I'm hoping, uh, looks pretty like, and I will be in the Shanghai Film Festival. Oh, nice. Um, and there are several more offered around the U.S. over the course of the year. And can will be significant because, um, you know, probably we'll sell it to the U.K. and a lot of other countries in Europe. So I'm sure there's going to be quite a lot of action with it. And, uh, you know, finishing up a bunch more tracks. Uh, so I want to put out an album soon. I put up one free on my Facebook page, as mm-hmm. one does these days. So if you want to hear it, something like just this. <laughs> Yeah. So do my Facebook page and go on the SoundCloud. There's a really nice track there. Nice. And that'll be part of an album that I'll put out in the next couple of months. Wow, this is it's really exciting. I mean, I just think when musicians cross over into the film space and, and how yeah. they, they tell their story, it's just like it's it's really refreshing. I think there's been some great music documentaries that come yeah. out in the past but, few years, and this yeah. is yeah right up there. So. Uh, cool. Yeah, Andy, thank you so much for taking the time. And um, Thank you, man. Thank you for talking to me. Yeah, really yeah. a pleasure.